From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, today is our first special episode. We have our Ward 1 interviews with Natalie Lynch and Chris Tong. So please stay tuned, tune in. But before we do that, Matt, we need to pay some bills. That's right, Derek. Under the Water Tower podcast brought to you each and every week by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team in DeSoto County in residential real estate for over a decade. Whether you are buying or selling your home, call Team Couch. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They're a full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you whenever you need them. Going into the spring season, it is a great time to list your house. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is offering a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home to help you understand the pros and cons of your house, the different comps in the area, and if this is the right time for you and your family to buy a new home. Please reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor, at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or Find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. The interviews you're about to hear were recorded at the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, thermometers, cutting boards, sauces, cast iron, knives, and even high-end smokers. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Ladies, if you're looking for a Valentine's gift for your husband, please stop in to How to Barbecue Right shop just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street to find the perfect gift for your husband. That's 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics here in Hernando podcast brought to you by our newest sponsor green king spray services since 2001 green king has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush healthy weed-free outdoor living spaces they refuse to settle for the status quo continuously researching and testing the very latest methods products and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys with technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website, greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former at-large alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Sam Lauderdale encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident that Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. 
or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, including implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. As we mentioned, we sat down with both candidates for Ward 1, both running as Republicans. Uh, the way that we're going to do this is that uh, we're going to usually start with whoever we interviewed first. However, in this case, there was a, uh, a lady and a man, and so we'll always go ladies first. So you will hear Natalie Lynch's interview uh, that Matt did first, followed by Chris Tong's interview that I did uh, after that. So without further ado, we'll go to Natalie's interview now. Glad to be joined by Natalie Lynch, the uh, current Alder woman. I think that's what you said they call you, right? Alder woman? Yes, that's okay. uh, what they say in the meetings. <laughs> right. I will I will screw that up several times during the interview. But uh, Alder Woman of Ward 1. Uh, Natalie has been the Alder Woman of Ward 1 now for about 45 days, uh, give or take. There was a special election that would have been held for uh, the late Sonny Bryant, who was the longtime alderman for Ward 1. Uh, Mr. Sonny uh, passed away in November, and the city alderman uh, had to go through the process. The town had to go through the process of, of a kind of a special election. Natalie was the only person that signed up for that position um, for the Ward 1 uh, Alderman seat. Nobody else came forward. Natalie was approved by the Board of Aldermen to move in and take care of that seat for the remaining six months. If you've listened to the UTW podcast, you know all about the different uh, ward redistricting, the ward situations that we've talked about for the last 90 days. And so Natalie is currently a candidate for uh, the new Ward 1 uh, that will basically take place, I guess, uh, July 1. Yes, the city, all the aldermen uh, positions and the mayor position uh, run from July 1st to June 30th. All of the aldermen running for uh, aldermen currently uh, in the spring election will take over for their new ward, the new uh, different areas in the redistricting we've talked about numerous times. Yes, so on July 1st, um, we're going to see, you know, a a different board because we have um, several seats that are not running for re-election, and I look forward to an interesting um, race. So Natalie, going to get into a few questions for you. The goal for us here at the UTW Podcast is to uh, ask fair questions and ask everybody kind of the same questions that may be worded slightly differently but still getting the to the same point uh, just to make sure and, and show fairness uh, for, uh, there but Natalie to, just to jump in and, and kind of introduce the listeners the podcast listeners to you uh, more uh, what brought you to Hernando? I was at Ole Miss and I met my husband Josh um, we dated for a while but after school um, I moved to Jackson and uh, he is actually from Hernando he's been here since um, I think sixth grade and he moved back here after we got engaged we 
talked about it and you know we decided that Hernando was where you know we wanted to be he has family here there's just we knew it would be the best opportunity um, for a family and the schools and just the whole small town of Hernando that you know most of us all just really love and enjoy and that's why we decided after we got married to make our home here that's coming up on around uh, 18 20 years how how long today as we're recording it is our 18th anniversary oh wow so 18 years uh, in Hernando happy anniversary Thank by the you. way uh, happy anniversary to uh, to Josh hopefully he'll listen to this <laughs> he may uh, listen to this but so moved to Jackson out of Ole Miss uh, moved to Jackson uh, was there for a, a period of time dated long distance I guess. Uh, and then once you guys uh, got married, uh, decided to settle in Her- Hernando um, in your mid-20s, give or take. Yeah, yeah. So coming up on 18 years uh, together. So in Jackson and then your history coming up to the Alderman thing, I know we're fast-forwarding quite a bit. What's been your work experience in the last couple of decades? Like you said, you moved to Jackson from Ole Miss, uh, that type of stuff. What, what type of work background uh, do you possess? Well, I graduated Ole Miss with a bachelor's of accounting and a master's of accounting. I started in Jackson at a public accounting firm doing auditing. Uh, when I moved up here, I went more into a bookkeeping direction. Um, I had a short stint at an airline in Memphis doing some internal audit there. Then I moved to some local companies doing bookkeeping. I'm still doing that, different companies around town, and I do some virtual bookkeeping with out-of-state clients as well. So come from a CPA background, bookkeeping is, is your, your niche. Bookkeeping is kind of what, you, what interests you. How do you think that translates for you as an alder woman currently? Um, like you said, you've been to several meetings now. You've been you've attended meetings before, but as far as sitting on that side of the of the the table, I guess, uh, how, how does that experience you think translate into being an alder woman? One of the most important things about running a city is the budget. Um, you know, when you have a budget uh, each year, um, you're making your goals for the year. You're showing what the important things are uh, for the city to focus on. Maintain Maintaining that budget and making sure that the city is fiscally sound are very important. As a bookkeeper, I actually enjoy reconciling bank statements. The each uh, alderman meeting, we get a packet that is. I don't know, 75 pages thick of all of the, <laughs> the checks that are going to be written, you know, that week. I'm used to going through things like that. Um, I Hopefully I will be able to notice any expenses that, you know, don't seem correct. And uh, just my background of looking at expenses and income for almost 20 years um, should, you know, really help out as I serve in that role. As someone who does bookkeeping, does audits, again, you know, you look at books in a certain way that just simply is like, hey, the, the A has to go to the B and, and it has to be, like you said, reconciled and stuff like that. Has Hernando done a pretty good job? Do you feel like in the short amount of time, in the short amount of time, you know, we joke, Derek and I, we cover South Haven, we discuss South Haven, we also discuss their autumn meetings and, and stuff like that. Huge tax base in South Haven compared to Hernando for sure. But do you feel like Hernando's done pretty well with their books and everything from what you've seen? From what I've seen, the two meetings that I've had so far, you know, the docket of claims seems just fine. We are not quite up to date with our audits yet. Um, that is something that's being worked on, and and I'm hopeful that in the next few months, you know, we'll get that back up to speed. There's there's just been some delays, you know, COVID being one of them that has you know caused that to 
to be a little bit behind, but um, they're really working hard on it and it should be good in the next couple months. But you as an older woman definitely feel like taxpayer money, hey, we're there to serve the taxpayers. We're there to, to you know, to, to be able to show them where their taxes are going, where their money's going. Being a fiscally sound town or city is definitely important to you. Yes, we've, we've got to be good stewards of the tax money. Um, you know, we've got to do the right thing with the money that the citizens provide for the, for the city, for sure. Derek and I talk a lot on the podcast the word leadership comes up quite a bit um, sometimes a lack of leadership uh, maybe not na- not not here necessarily but nationally and stuff like that we talk about leadership being such an important part of of our world I know you've been a part of other uh, civic organizations uh, you know the junior auxiliary of DeSoto County uh, was something you served in uh, also the Hernando Young Women's Club the local gardens uh, club and have served in leadership roles for those positions multiple times do you want to expound on that at all pretty much as soon as I moved here, I kind of jumped right in um, with the Junior Auxiliary of DeSoto County. That was uh, the first organization I was a member of. Um, I did serve them as president as well as on the board for treasurer and other different parts of the board. Uh, I've also been president of the Hernando Young Women's Club. If you don't know, we've we've done a lot of improvements around town, uh, especially focusing on Church Park. We built the bathroom and the pavilion and the new playground structures. And currently, our project is we're looking at refurbishing the uh, street signs in the historic district around town. Most of y'all have probably noticed that those are looking a little worn and we're in the works uh we're working with Gia with the city and uh she's getting some quotes and we're gonna you know another thing find the best value for our money I'm on the board for the Hernando Civic Garden Club I'm currently on the middle school PTA board um and I've also was a graduate of the leadership DeSoto program so I've always tried to be very involved um some organizations yeah, they're social, but they're still very civic-minded, um, and also some service organizations uh, since I've been here. I just really enjoy serving Hernando and DeSoto County. One story I definitely know about, if you'd be comfortable sharing with us about that, was uh, as a concerned citizen noticing the Hernando City Christmas tree was not up to speed, was not up to par, and uh, you, you were very uh, involved in that, uh, working through different uh, ways to do that. How'd that come about? If you've, if you've seen the new Christmas tree, it's absolutely gorgeous this past holiday season. How many years has it been in uh, Hernando? This was the second year okay. that we've had the tree. Yeah, you know, the ones that we've had on the square in the past, they just didn't, they didn't stand out sure. enough. And I started thinking about it. And I, I think one of the important things about getting things done is working with other groups, um, you know, leaning on other people that uh, have... Maybe have a desire to see the same thing as you. Sure. And so I went to our church, the Hernando United Methodist Church, and spoke to the finance committee um, that I was a member of and sort of uh, petitioned the group uh, to donate the funds uh, for a tree. I had gone and gotten several quotes, um, again, to find, you know, the best value for for our money. And uh, the finance committee approved it and the church um, said we could go ahead with it. And so they donated the money um, to the chamber 
uh, to purchase the tree. We also needed some ornaments for the tree as well as something to put on the top. So I petitioned uh, the Hernando Young Women's Club for the funds for that, and they agreed as well. And so with those two organizations, combining with the Chamber of Commerce, because they're the ones who put up the tree and store the tree every year, which is a big job in and of itself. And uh, so we brought the tree and I just, it's it's just one of my favorite things to see every year. I just, I just love it. Circle back. What first made you uh, want to run for alderman? Uh, Go back to when, uh, you know, again, uh, Mr. Sonny Bryant passed away in November. So the ward one where you live, your ward was not necessarily being served. What made you want to jump in there and possibly uh, serve the city uh, when it came to, when it comes to filling that position and then going further, what makes you uh, possibly want to be an alderman for the city of Hernando? As I've stated about all the organizations I've been involved in, it's just, I kind of felt like this was just a good next step. I'd been on the planning commission for Ward 1 for three and a half years. I was really enjoying, you know, working with the government and just decided that, uh, you know, running for alderman would be just, uh, I had the experience. I've been a leader in all these different organizations and I felt like I was qualified um, to hold the job. So most candidates are going to have some type of a platform for running or something that they that's important to them uh, down deep. So what is the most important thing that maybe you want to see or maybe something that Natalie Lynch wants to bring to the board of aldermen over the next four-year term? I want to focus on the quality of life that we all enjoy in Hernando. We have had tremendous growth, um, as we all know, and we foresee growth is going to continue to happen. Um, We need to really plan um, with our zoning, our design standards, things like our water system, public safety. I mean, all of those things are things that we use every day that need to be really well thought out. I love the aesthetics of Hernando. Um, Anything we can do to build on that, um, I think is going to keep people here. You mentioned earlier you served uh, three and a half years uh, on the Planning Commission, uh, appointed by Mr. Sonny Bryant, the former uh, alderman of uh, Ward 1. So you're familiar with planning issues, different stuff like that. Kind of leads into my next question. Uh, So everybody, like you just mentioned, loves the small town charm of Fernando. That's why so many of us are here and so many more people uh, come each and every year. But growth is here and will continue to happen. Knowing that, what is one thing about Hernando that you would not want to change? Well, I don't want to change the traditions and experiences that we have in Hernando. Um, The things that bring our community together, like the A-Fair and the Christmas Parade and the Dickens of a Christmas in Open House, Sunset on the Square, football games, the Homecoming Parade, those are just things that just stay in your heart and in your mind and um, just give us that sense of community and togetherness um, and pride in our town um, that is just unique to Hernando. Like you said, A-Fair, different things like that. Community morale, community love, and community spirit is something that's important to you, and you'd love to see that stay, but at the same time maybe even grow. Maybe there's some new traditions and opportunities there. Yeah, and, and all of these things that I listed, these aren't all just city-sponsored things. I mean, there's so many organizations like the Optimist Club and the Chamber of Commerce and um, the schools. You know, we all work together, and, and that's what's important, too, is is all these organizations. We're, you know, we're all working for the betterment of our town, and um, we just all need to have the same goals and use each other's strengths um, to accomplish things that we need to get done. 
Well, Natalie, we certainly appreciate you coming in and being a part of the UTW podcast as we continue to grow. We continue to say this is not a political show, but politics will be and has to be a topic on our show when we talk about things going on uh, in Hernando and under the water tower especially. So, Natalie, as we kind of get, get ready to wrap things up, if you and I were crossing paths in the parking lot and you were asking for my, my vote, give me a simple uh, statement about your candidacy and why you think you're the best candidate for the Alderwoman of Ward 1. I think of an alderman as a community servant. I feel very qualified for this job because of all the organizations um, that I have been or am currently a part of. Um, I've served on numerous boards. Um, I've been in Hernando government with the Planning Commission and now as the current Ward 1 alderman. I want to work with the fellow aldermen and the mayor and the city departments um, in a respectful way um, and I want to make well-informed decisions for things that that come up in the meetings um i also just want to stress that you know i have a strong faith in god that guides my life um, and i will represent ward one and the whole city of hernando um, on that foundation so just because you're representing ward one does not mean you don't care about what's going on in the other wards and are not important to you you feel like joining together with the other aldermen to be leaders of the city is important yeah i think all wards are important i mean i yes i will be representing ward one um, but i want to represent you know anybody that uh, needs anything done with the city it's all for the betterment of Hernando um, is is the main goal. Well, Natalie, we appreciate you coming in, visiting with us, talking about your candidacy for the uh, Ward 1 alderman position. Uh, again, the current alderwoman for Ward 1 in the city of Fernando. Congratulations on that and good luck for the remaining term. Thank you for coming in and being our first interview for the UTW podcast during this spring election cycle. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you again to Alderwoman Natalie Lynch for coming in and visiting with us about her candidacy for Alderman 1 in the upcoming spring election here in Hernando. Podcast brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard wants me to remind all the UTW podcast listeners about their fencing service. That's new fences, new fence construction, existing fence repair, gates, anything fence related that you may need for your property. Please reach out to Richard and his team at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. North Point Christian School will offer a Preview the Point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. That's 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Lastly, today's special episode, sponsored by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. 
Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. As Derek mentioned earlier, he had the opportunity to sit down with Chris Tong, the gentleman running against Natalie Lynch for Ward 1, uh, alderman seat for the city of Fernando, and we will go to that interview now. I want to welcome this morning Chris Tong. Chris Tong is a candidate for Alderman Ward in Hernando. Good morning, Mr. Tong. Good morning, Derek. And a lot of the questions will be similar as we discussed uh, in previous podcasts. And so the first question I want to ask you this morning is what brought you to Hernando? My wife and I moved here roughly about 21 years ago. And probably like a lot of people, we were attracted to Hernando because of that small town charm that we had here in Hernando. So that was a big thing for us. Uh, we really loved the friendliness that we found here. So that that just was like moved to Hernando. That's where we came. And wh- where were you originally from? So originally, uh, before moving here, we lived out in Hickory Hill. So that was the area that got annexed. So it was time to move on. Hickory Hill, I, th- I remember they had a mall there. I, but it's kind of a big big deal probably, what, 25, 30 years ago, the Hickory Ridge Mall that came out there? Yes. I yes. remember going to that. That was uh, I went to school at Ole Miss, and that's where we went to shop. We drove to Hickory Ridge Mall. So, well, good. So you came out of Memphis uh, into Hernando about 21 years ago. 21, yes. Uh, and so what has been, up to this point, your work experience uh, in and around the Memphis and Hernando area? So um, we are a former alderman. We uh, were given the uh, privilege to serve uh, Ward 1 back in uh, 2001. But uh, we've also had a uh, Small business. My brother and I opened a small business some years ago, and uh, when children came along, it was time to get out of the business. I took uh, that experience, uh, some experience from uh, going to school, and I got employed at uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, and that's where I've been for the last 30 years is at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So Pfizer, that's in Memphis. You work is it in Memphis? Yes, it is in Memphis. That's correct. And so, um, of course, Pfizer we know is very. Uh, instrumental in the vaccine coming out right now. Um, and so y'all are doing a great job getting that out. We're, we're uh, proud of that. <laughs> I'm sure it's kept you busy over <laughs> it, the last 12 to 18 months. It has. Uh, work days are like 10 hours a day. We don't actually ship it out of here in Memphis. It's coming out of a facility in Wisconsin. So we're kind of picking up the Wisconsin work which keeps us very busy now. Uh, well, we do appreciate everything that Pfizer is doing uh, during the, the vaccine rollout. I know that, you know, we've mentioned it here before, it moved from the uh, health department in Hernando up to uh, Lander Center, and they're getting about 600 a day, hopefully to increase it closer to 1,000 to get everybody done. Yeah, so. saw, saw a lot of uh, people lined up getting it today, getting their injections today, the vaccine. Yeah, I, I think my wife, uh, she's in the school, she's in the teaching uh and she's, I think, signed up for maybe Thursday, around Thursday. Thursday, okay. And so I know teachers are starting to get in there now, uh, yeah. as well as other people. So so now from that work experience at Pfizer, from also owning a small business, as you said, uh, over 30 years ago, and you being also a former alderman, what do you hope to bring to the alderman position this time, and how important are the city's finances to you? So the, the city finances are always important. So you know, a lot of people, Derek, they look at government. When you talk to them about government and you bring up business, some people would tell you where they're not the same but if you approach government like it's a small business it is the same but government just like business needs revenue so we only get revenue from two main sources and that comes from property taxes which we get once a year and the other one is from sales tax so we basically we get sales tax every day of the week but we don't actually get it until the end of the month 
and the state sends that back to us, we only get a percentage of it, so we don't get all of our sales tax dollars back. So through those sales tax dollars, that's what we need to take care of our needs. So just like at home, we have needs and wants. So we need to take care of all of the things we have right now, and then whatever's left over is profit, just like in a business. Money needs to be set aside for catastrophes or even things like this this pandemic we have to set money aside for that and you and of course when you say profit you mean you know as a city you have to break even on the budget but a profit you mean that can be spent on other things that the city wants instead of needs that's correct that's right so uh you mentioned that um the sales tax uh is an important part but property tax is probably is the largest uh the, i guess income that the city receives and there's some smaller advor of uh, advorum taxes car tax and that sort of things that happen too knowing that and with you have served as alderman before, you know, what are, what are the kind of the key or most important issues that you want to see that money kind of spent on? To spend our money, what we need is we need to have economic growth. That's the main thing that we need. So people ask me sometimes, so, well, Chris, what, what is economic growth? To me, that means that it starts with business. We have to grow business in this town. We, and then after that, what business will give us, it will give us jobs. From jobs, we get paychecks. The paychecks mean we have sales dollars. The sales dollars equals the funds that the city needs to take care of their needs. And then from that, it ends up giving us the community that we want to live in. So economic growth is very important for us to gain our sales tax dollars. That's what we need. Unless we want to depend on nothing but property tax, and I don't think most of us want our property taxes to go up, we need to start growing our businesses here. You know, residentially, it's great growing subdivisions and stuff. I mean, people want to move to Hernando, and we see that every day. People moving here, but all, but you know, commercial and industrial are the main ways to to grow. Um, they they do pay more in property tax, uh, but it's you know doing it smartly uh, is obviously what everybody wants. You know, we, we mentioned that you were alderman before from 2001 to 2005. Why do you want to run for alderman now? Uh, I guess 15, 20 years later, and what makes you the better better candidate? 20 years ago. I was given given that opportunity to run and was given the privilege to, to serve the people. So we came together, the board came together as a team, and we came up with a plan, which was actually our vision for moving this city forward. So that was moving us into the future. So we looked at how we could preserve the charm. So everything we did, we would ask ourselves, does this change the charm of the city? So we came up with a plan that had uh, a number of standards in it. So we looked at our uh, design standards. We instituted more architectural and landscape standards and applied that to future developments that were coming here. We used it also on our businesses that were here too that were coming. So like Kroger and Walmart and Dollar General, we used those same standards on them when they came here too. So you had the prior experience. Uh, you were uh, here when Walmart was established, yes. uh, you said Dollar General uh, and, a, and a couple other businesses. So having that um, background, what makes you the better candidate for the Ward 1 position? So I think that we've had the, the ability to set a city budget, and uh, we've also had the opportunity to uh, negotiate with developers to make sure that we get the best development that we can possibly have. I think there's other things such as uh, bringing in experience through through like Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, where I've uh, been given an opportunity to do like Lean Six Sigma, which is looking at a process and trying to cut out 
unnecessary steps in that process, too. Because I think even in government, we always complain about how big government is, but we can still use processes to cut out some of the stuff that we don't need to be doing. It makes us more efficient. You know, everyone has a platform for running. I'm sure that there's a you know four or five things that you have that you want to see the city when going forward. And we'll, we'll kind of let you address some of those at the end of the uh, interview. But what is the most important thing on your platform or the most important thing that you want to see or done in Hernando uh, if you were elected for the okay. next four years? I do have a seven-point plan. And to me, the most important thing in that seven-point plan is economic development because economic development is going to give us the money to do everything that we want to do. So when we talk about infrastructure, it's not just roads and sidewalks. It's not just uh, water lines, sewer lines. It's everything that the city does, everything we see and the things we don't see. It's including the people also. If you look at just doing a road alone, if you go to like arba.com, uh, I mean, uh, arba.org, you will see that it will cost you roughly $1.25 million just to do one mile of road, and that's four lanes of highway. So we could divide that since we don't have that, and we could say that's almost like a half a million dollars to do one mile of road here in the town. It's going to take money, and I just don't want to be the person who tells a homeowner we got to go up on your property tax. So we need to grow our businesses. That's where we're going to get the funds we need to take care of our parks, our infrastructure. That's going to take care of our fire department, our police department. All the needs that we have in this city, that's what we're going to need. So you're talking about when you say uh, grow it or, or we need the businesses, you're talking about going out there and attracting businesses or, or, or you're talking about incentivizing businesses or, or what are some of the things that you're talking about as part of that? So, yes. Yeah, so what we need to do is, is we need to work more with our other elected officials. So that being, say, our federal officials, that's our uh, like state representatives. We need to work with them, with Jackson as well. Uh, we need to work with our local officials like our county supervisors we need to also bring in like the DeSoto Economic Council and our Chamber of Commerce so these are all people we can partner with to help us attract more businesses here and it's not just bringing a business here we need to make sure that when a business comes here it is the right business for Hernando we know we've gotten several um, because of the the way that 69 lies uh, you have now we'll have a new interchange uh, at Mackingvale. Yes. Uh, of course, the Getwell interchange has been there now for well over a year, and we've got, uh, uh, I guess, commercial uh, corners on, on at Getwell also. So I think there's a lot of areas where we can expand. Uh, I know that you mentioned infrastructure is, is key. Yes. Uh, those corners currently do not have uh, water sewer. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, talk about trying to get the infrastructure out there and how that would, how that would work. So to get infrastructure there, again, it's going to come back. It's going to take money. That, that's that's just the truth. It takes money to get it out there. We don't want to put the city in debt unnecessarily. So if we say we're going to have to run sewer, let's say, out to get well, and it's going to cost X amount of millions of dollars, we need to make sure that if we're going to go into debt, that we're going to get something in return to pay that off. That means if that's the area for businesses to come in at and it pays it back, then that's good for us. That's a good return on investment for us. Yeah, so we're talking about just, uh, you know, municipal bond issues and stuff like that. Yes. Um, so everyone, you know, you mentioned it. Everyone, you came here for the small town charm. Yes. Uh, I came here. Uh, I, I grew up in a, a older 
small town. And so I, when I moved to DeSoto County, there was only one town for me, Hernando, because it has the old square. And so it, it also attracted me. But as you mentioned, growth is here. We need growth uh, and we need to, you know, you could say controlled growth, but we just need growth. We can control it if we get a, enough of it uh, to look at it. And so we want people moving here and, and to market ourselves. But then once it gets here, be able to pick and choose, you know, kind of how we want to see it. And so we all know that that's true. And knowing that, uh, outside of the small town charm, what is one thing about Hernando that you would not want to change knowing that growth is coming? Well, I, I don't want to see us get so big to where we're no longer a friendly town. So an example of that would be like if something happens here in town, and I've seen where somebody may lock their keys in the car, okay? We can call the police, and they'll come out and help you get your car open to get in there. The bigger we become, that's going to stop. And I don't want to have that happen. I want us to continue to have that friendliness in this town. You're right. Growth is coming. There's nothing we can do to stop it. But what we can do is prepare for it. We need to look at it. And and one way we can do it is going through our comprehensive plan, which looks at how land is laid out. And we can decide from that where we want to put homes, where we want to put businesses, and is it a good fit for it, that area. I know that they've done a comprehensive plan before. I think I've heard the board mention that they're in the middle of a, a I believe they're required, was it a five-year comprehensive five plan? Five years, yes. Uh, they have to have a five-year plan, so I think they're in the middle of that now. And so the, the current board, uh, the new board starting July 1st, will all be instrumental uh, in getting that comprehensive plan done. Uh, so that is very important. All right, so this is, uh, you know, kind of toward the end. We're going to allow all the candidates basically just a couple, two or three minutes, uh, just okay. to kind of go through if you want to go through your seven points or other things that you want to go. So basically saying, you know, you're kind of your your very long elevator speech uh, to let the voters know why you should be the next alderman of Ward 1. So one, one of my biggest concerns for Ward 1, I think, that we're going to have is once the sewer is connected over to the Hernando West development, that's when Hernando, where Ward 1 is really going to grow. And that's where we're going to have some issues. And I think we need to go back and review that development because I just don't think that we've prepared ourselves for the traffic that's going to be put on those roads. And we, we're not looking at how to direct traffic now when we have new developments. How are we going to move traffic through town? Because that is a big problem now is with traffic. Hernando is a, is a very special city. My vision for it is to be something even better than that. Well, I want us to be the envy of the state. Because I hear a lot. So many people will go on vacation, say, to Sandestin and Watercolors, Florida. And they'll come back and they'll talk about those subdivisions. And they're award-winning subdivisions. And that's what we can be if we, if we continue the, our vision of what was started 20 years ago. And we can, just, we can go to Madison and actually see that vision already in place. Well, I know that uh, city leaders in the past have visited Madison, have visited uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, that's correct. Uh, and kind of trying to model it with the, you know, both. Can't necessarily say because I, I haven't researched it if they're necessarily award-winning but they're beautiful towns yeah uh, and something that you want to model after it since both of them are outside of a major metropolitan area uh, which of course Hernando is too uh, so I think those are good models and and, and that's right uh, I'm glad that you brought up Hernando West uh, that is unique to Ward 1 
Uh, and, you know, the word one has changed. Of course, it goes, it used to be kind of basically the Commerce Street uh, out west uh, and then basically south from there. That's right. Uh, now it has extended all the way up 51. Up 51. Uh, all the way to Nesbitt. So Hernando West is, would be a huge part of it. I think what, two to 3,000 houses. About, uh, about 3,000 homes. Uh, so there'll be 3,000 homes. So that would <laughs> almost double the size of Hernando now. Yes, it would. Uh, and then also, but then you also have Nesbitt, uh, which is, is not as populated. Uh, but it is. It does have some uh, an industrial area. Uh, does have a couple of neighborhoods that have gone there. So talk about you know just the unique challenges of Ward One outside of uh, Hernando West. So Nesbitt is definitely an area that we need to look at. Also, it's a growing area. It has that potential to grow out that way. One of the things that we need to do for the people out there in uh, Nesbitt is we need to put a park up somewhere. So I have an idea that I think that. Sitting with the future board and the mayor that we can work it out. Uh, I think um, too many times when we look at, at issues, we, we don't want to find a solution. We just want to talk about the issue. So when people will talk about a park up in uh, the Nesbitt area, I think I have come up with a solution for that. But Nesbitt is definitely going to be another area that we need to really watch and make sure that we let it, that we grow it the way we want it to grow. And then finally, uh, the Ward 1 also includes a, another industrial area, uh, kind of where the Whitfield complex is, uh, the AWG building yes. that's being built right now. That is all also in Ward 1. So just a, a large uh, swath right there of 51 uh, down through Laurelwood and, and south of those neighborhoods. So uh, just a, anything else, any any final thoughts uh, on this Ward 1 uh, before, we, before we end the interview? I think, you know, just saying that, it's not just the people of Ward 1, but it's really everyone in Hernando. I think uh, we're, we're a, uh, a community that's of you know, diverse people. We come from all different walks of life. We're very resilient people. We've made it through the, uh, the Great Recession. Uh, we're dealing with the pandemic. Uh, we're a caring and giving community. Uh, so Hernando is a special city, and I think we need to preserve that specialness and just continue on with the vision to make it the, you know, the envy of the state. That's what we want here. Yeah, I think we would all love that. Well, again, uh, Mr. Tong, I want to really do appreciate you coming in this morning, uh, sitting down, uh, and just being able to, you know, get your voice out and get your thoughts out uh, to your, not only to your ward, but to the whole city. Is there a website or a Facebook page uh, that you could direct people to to maybe see uh, more of uh, your campaign? Yes, uh, you can go to chrystongforalderman.com. And uh, on there, you can see more of my plan. It's uh, spelled out more in detail, so you can actually see the seven-point plan on my website. Well, thank you again, Mr. Tong. Uh, I know that we will get this out. Uh, you'll be hearing this on Wednesday morning. So really looking forward and wish you luck uh, in the election uh, come April 6th. Okay, thank you. I want to say thank you to Chris Tong for coming in and visiting with Derek. also want to take this opportunity to thank Miss Natalie Lynch for giving her time to come in and interview. Uh, we hope that everyone that listens to the UTW podcast found it informative, uh, found it uh, interesting. And, and look, Derek, seems like two very good candidates uh, for the Ward 1 spot. We want to wish both of them luck and, uh, and tell them again, thank you for uh, pursuing leadership and pursuing an opportunity to serve others in the city of Hernando. Completely agree. I mean, uh, you know, people can – I'd love to yell at politicians after the fact when they're in the seats. It takes a lot of guts to run. Uh, it takes a, a servant's heart to run. 
So we do appreciate both of them putting themselves out there for, for good or for bad. Uh, they may be ridiculed, they may be praised, but they're going to take the chance because they, they believe that it's the, their duty, uh, their calling to, uh, to serve the city. And so we do appreciate them coming in and giving their time. If you enjoy this special episode and all of our episodes, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. If this is your first time here in the UTW Podcast, please share it. Please share it with your friends, family. If you're interested in the two candidates that you just listened to and you're not necessarily a resident of Ward 1, your episode, your ward will be will soon be coming up uh, with the candidates for those as well. So we thank you so much uh, to the candidates again for coming in. Most importantly, if you enjoy the UTW Podcast, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere that, like that. Hit subscribe so we'll continue to grow our show. Derek, anything else? No, just thank you. Uh, and also want to say thank you to, for the for both of them to keeping it civil. Uh, and again, this is something we're going to try to maintain throughout the whole process. Just, you know, we want to be civil. We want to you know have people to be able to express their views. Uh, but, it, you know, politics is local and we want to keep everything here, uh, you know, above board and, and pushing forward. Absolutely. If you're one of the candidates running in one of the other wards, reach out to us at under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. We will be attempting to contact you, but go ahead and do that under the water tower info at gmail.com. You can certainly reach us. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Oh, 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 oh,